I am here with Yusuf, who is the admin for Natural Jordan. Um, not only is he uh, initially from there, but he's also got a lot of crazy stories about traveling alone, working at REI and Jordanian culture. A lot of things that I've been able to learn from him just because, you know, people in different places, they live so differently that you can really learn a lot by seeing someone's way of life in a completely unique environment. And it's uh, one of the aspects of our friendship I've appreciated the most. But Yusuf, thank you for coming on. So um, yeah, thank you for having me. Why don't you kind of catch everyone up on who you are and kind of where you come from? Totally. So my name is Yusuf Yakub, uh, like he said. Um, and I am a second generation American, but originally I'm from that area. I'm Palestinian of descent, um, but because of 1947 with the creation of Israel and the whole Nakba, uh, my parents were forced out and their families were forced out and their villages were destroyed by Israeli militias uh, in 1947. Um, so they actually fled across the Jordan River into Jordan. And luckily at that time, um, the Jordanian government gave Palestinian refugees citizenship. So my parents became Jordanian citizens and henceforth I became a dual citizen of Jordan. Um, and then after that, about like 15 years, my dad was lucky enough to get a green card to America and he became an American citizen and he moved here. And then uh, 10 years after that, he met my mom and she got transplanted to America as well. Um, so my dad actually, he kind of went to high school in San Francisco because he moved to America when he was only 15 years old with $5 in his pocket. Typical um, foreign, uh, I guess, American dream. They come with no money and then they build a life here in America, which mm -hmm. is really cool to see and hear about firsthand. So how did he wind up developing his life in America? What was the route that he took? So like he said, he, he kept on applying for a visa to America just because he wasn't satisfied with his life in Jordan. Um, and he was lucky to finally get one. Um, but actually for him to get one, he had to leave Jordan and he went to Egypt and he applied there and they denied him there and he went to Algeria. And I think after that he went to Libya and finally in Libya, they gave him the visa in one of those countries and somewhere in North Africa. Um, and they finally gave him the visa. And so he moved there. Um, he actually got married in America um, to, to a local in, okay. in San Francisco. And I have a half-brother from that marriage, so Kevin, um, who currently lives in Georgia. But after that, um, after they got divorced, uh, he went back to Jordan to visit his family, met my mom, got married, brought her over. Um, and she's lived here ever since. She, they got married when she was about 20. So lived here ever since, but they actually moved to Dearborn because that was like an Arab safe haven. There's like, at that time, there were, all of the Arabs moved in uh, to Dearborn and it's, it has the highest concentration of Arabs to this day in America. Um, and then after that, for business opportunities, my dad moved to Columbus, Ohio in 1978. And yeah, ever, ever since, since there, um, all of his kids, uh, all five of my brothers and sisters were born here. And so as I am the youngest of six, seven, if you include my half brother. Um, and yeah, that's a little bit of my family history and how I became an American. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the aspects of doing what your dad did that people who have lived in America their entire life don't really fully comprehend is what you really have to do to get yourself out there to really solidify your life in America. Because for us, we've lived here our whole lives. We have networks of people all over the place. But, 
you know, when you're displaced and then you move from somewhere else completely across the world, you kind of have to start from square one. So um, what was it that he did to kind of forge the life that you guys have? You know, how did he, um, you know, keep all of his Jordanian blood, you know, all the things that he'd learned throughout his entire life, but also sort of like start fresh with like an American life? Yeah, so being of like Middle Eastern, having like Arab, part of like that culture is like you never give up and you constantly go through failures. So like coming over with only $5 in his pocket, most people will think that's like unfathomable. Like you can't do anything with that. Um, but he like just kept on trying, kept on working. And he actually worked in San Francisco. He worked at a pizza shop. Uh, and then he like learned all the skills and then he made his own pizza business in San Francisco And then that's how his whole life has been basically he's had like 15 businesses throughout his lifetime from Pizza shops and fish and chicken fish and chips restaurants not chicken um, <laughs> And um, what else uh, gas stations dollar stores grocery stores like Everything you can think of probably he's done in one of his business ventures um but and it goes to show to anyone in america that says that they can't right exactly the american dream is definitely definitely achievable and attainable but at the same time i do see that there is like inequalities and inequities within like the american system in terms of like racism and like sexism and all that stuff. yeah i'm sure there were boundaries for your dad especially definitely early 2000s um it's a difficult climate to be in especially when most people don't really even know that much about the middle east in america it's part of the reason i've started to try to learn more is i feel like my view is given to me by people who have never been there experience what it's like or know people there um but outside of the context of that it is very uh, redeeming to hear that regardless of all those obstacles, regardless of only having $5 when you moved to California, which $5 in California doesn't even get you a gallon of gas in 2018. It might have, yeah, it might have been 50 bucks in terms of inflation back then, but at the same time, it's still incredibly impressive. And it goes to show to anyone who isn't quite where they want to be that there are people who literally start with nothing and make something out of that. And so he's had a great life in Ohio. That's how we met each other. We met each other um, at Ohio State. And so I remember when we first met you talking to me kind of about how you worked at REI and you were planning all these trips to Europe. So (laughs) what could you tell everyone at Natural kind of about advice for traveling alone? So you went to, the only one I remember is Spain alone, right? Okay, yeah. So where else were you on that adventure? Yeah, I just got back a couple of days ago. I went to Spain and France. Um, This was my first solo trip uh, ever, Um, but it was definitely an experience. I'm the type of person, like, I'm very social, very outgoing. I love talking to people and meeting new people. But at the same time, I'm the person because I, like, have, I don't want to be, like, bragging, but, like, I have a lot of friends that, like, I've never had to do anything alone. Um, so like when I go out to eat, when I do anything, I always have somebody with me. Like I've never been the person, like I can never, I can never imagine myself going to the movie theater or a restaurant alone. And like some people enjoy that. And like, I've just like never had the opportunity to do it. So I never done it. And so this was my first like solo trip. And like, I just took a leap, um, because I got a really great flight deal, $400 round trip to Barcelona. Um, and it was on American Airlines, so it wasn't even on like a budget airline. How did you find that ticket? 
Um, so I actually uh, pay for an email service called Scott's Cheap Flights. Um, they send you about like 10 flight deals a day to anywhere you want in the world. From Columbus? Um, so you can choose what airport. So I like to see like, because you can get like pretty cheap flights to like Florida. From New York. Like, from New York and stuff. So you can choose the airports you fly out of. Um, so I actually flew out of New York. Mm-hmm. JFK. And what was something that traveling alone you experienced that you wouldn't have if you were with other people? So it was, you didn't have to factor in another person's opinions. You didn't have to kind of like baby them. Cause like in terms of when I have previously traveled with friends, I'm usually the one who's like taking care of their needs and their wants and stuff and factoring everybody's opinions and like coming up with like a master plan. But this trip, I had nothing planned except like a round trip ticket. I bought my hostel like a week and a half before I left. Um, and I just went with the flow. I did whatever I wanted each day. I woke up and did whatever I wanted. I slept whenever I wanted. I ate whenever I wanted. It's very riveting and... You weren't dependent on the frequency of someone else where if they want to go get food but you're not hungry at all, when you're alone, if your friends want to go get food and you're not hungry at all, you can go walk around a park for two hours and meet up with them after. It's like kind of up to you how you spend your time. Exactly. And so, um kind of transitioning into what we've been working on together so natural united is a platform of a million hikers around the country and our mission is to share the beauty of nature to create a desire to protect it amongst the people who follow our content and kind of help us preserve land around the country and so i had met you and i thought well this would be amazing if we could implement it in not only other countries, but a completely different side of the world, because then we can be sharing stories about the Jordanian people and the Jordanian culture. So what's something that the people at home can learn from you out of your experience, having um, been in a completely different culture than what they're accustomed to? Yeah, so my first time, I've gone to Jordan a couple of times before I did my year study abroad there last year, um, but I was, it was just summers visiting grandparents, like I was never immersed in the local culture or like local people because I was young at the age of the last time I went before uh, last year, it was like six years ago. Right, no matter where you were around the world, you couldn't really be let loose to do whatever you Until you, you immerse yourself, yeah. yeah, and you like experience it as a local. Um, so my study abroad experience was was that I immersed myself in local culture. I went to university with locals at Princess Sumay University for Technology. Um, but what? So going into it, I had kind of the same misconceptions as an average American. Like what I saw on the news. Like is it safe? Am I going to be safe walking around at night? Um, is everybody like wearing head covering? Is everybody Muslim? And going there and like immersing myself and like seeing it with my own eyes I learned as much as like I learned that it's exactly like any place else other place in the world like it's not 100% Muslim there's 10% Christians actually and they have the same equal rights I mean sure they probably do suffer through discrimination but it's probably the same thing that minorities suffer here like minority religions suffer here Um, but they are you'll see churches the way you see mosques over there um and everybody treats them the same Mm -hmm. um so going into that i thought oh it's just if you're not muslim they kill you you know like that's what you see on the news like isis you know like all that stuff and it makes you wonder what could they possibly be saying about us right (laughs) (laughs) exactly um and then i felt so safe in jordan i thought it was safer honestly than here in america Mm. um people don't even lock their doors at night because there's like no crime and if there is crime like it's handled like that you know um i took 
I didn't know that they were, I thought there's taxis everywhere, there's Uber, there, it's, it's very modern and very, um, I would say that they have a huge tech sector there, actually they outsource tech jobs from America to here, so AT&T, my cousin works for AT&T there. No way, yeah, that's AT- insane. AT&T is not a company there, they have Zane. Uh, Orange, which is like a European company. But people are working for American companies exactly. there and making they do money from America. For them. Yeah, isn't that crazy? They, uh, my cousin does like their financial sides of things. Mm-hmm. So like, it's very like, every everything there is very progressive and more progressive than here, I thought. Right, and Jordan, like you were talking about earlier before we started recording, they have 5G wireless, which is something. Yeah, like- they're working on 5G wireless right now and it's yeah. like, sooner than we're gonna get it here probably and it is a smaller country than the united states but at the same time like people think probably thought it's only like 2g or 3g over there you people know? in america have a way of thinking that right. everything in ev- like another country no matter what it is is slightly worse also the cell phone services because they have a lot of competitors and it's not like um here where it's like three companies have a monopoly on it they can charge you whatever it's like 10 jds a month for eight gigabytes of data how much would that cost unlimited text in, in 10 dollars. jds um so the jd is heavier than a dollar so jordanian dinar is one to um 1.75 i think oh no 1.75 so it's about like two jds to a dollar okay. so like a dollar a dinar is worth two dollars okay one jd is worth two dollars so it'd be like twenty dollars interest for like eight gigabytes of data i pay like 75 dollars for that amount right now right yeah, I know the infrastructure in America is more expensive. And um, beyond that, uh, there is a lot to learn, I feel like, from the Jordanian culture, only in that it's just so unique compared to what we teach children in America. Like what you're brought up with there is on a completely different spectrum of reality than what we're brought up with here. And something I was thinking about is how wonderful would it be to share with like students or even people who have already lived their entire life how different everyone's story is as a result of where they came from and it's a part of why i think natural should expand in the middle east to share the message of the people that live there and uh that's why i'm so excited that we met and um if any of you guys ever have questions or you want to learn more about jordan you can check out natural jordan on instagram facebook and twitter um yusuf you have any last thing you want to i mean i do you want to share the local culture it's like so hospitable um so like if you say you're not from here people will invite you to dinner like people you've just met and like that's what like I was like shocked. I was like, how are you gonna like invite me to your own house? Like when I just met you, like you're trusting me with like to be around your kids and family and stuff. And they like cook you a home cooked meal and like you get to experience like local food. So like if you go to Jordan and that happens to you, it's not unusual, it'll be actually common. Um, so I feel like that's something that we need to learn from in the United States that we just don't have trust. We're all in our own worlds. Um, we don't talk to like strangers and that's something that Jordan does that I think we can take from. Awesome Yusuf, thank you for your time. Yeah, totally.